Hello and welcome to Reaction Shots for November 2017. We are talking about a favorite genre of films of mine, mockumentaries. I know, Brandon, you you like mockumentaries as well. Very, very much so. I'm joined by Michael Huber, co-host extraordinaire. I have seen one mockumentary and it was this morning. <laughs> You haven't seen any of these other ones? Zero. Well, no. this will be an interesting... Zero. You'll be oh, the lens no. yeah. to which... You know what's I am funny? The, yeah. The lens. You're yes. the audience analog yeah. for this that, But that really shows yeah. like how much I love mockumentaries, because right. I will yeah. get Huber-level infatuated with oh. you catching up. Like oh, You yeah. need to see Spinal Tap, dude. Like okay. You oh, need dude. to see... You need to. You need to see Smile Town throughout the episode. List. Just everything we talk about will be like Huber. I mean, it for might real. not. It, it, uh, so, you know, this industry's learned so much from Spinal Tap. Like uh-huh. a lot of these things have been kind of like recreating that. I think yeah. like, in so many years since, so it might not hold up because you've seen possibly trailers for films or similar stuff that's as funny. But yeah, oh, it's the OG. It's so good. Well, apparently the Ruddles came before that. But I oh, yeah, it's not that. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. My that was very exactly. specifically Beatles. But anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, First off, let's talk about what we've liked recently. Uh, Hubert, what, what do you what do you got? Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. This is an appropriate movie, actually, because the director of the assignment film, Taika yes. Waititi, I believe that's how you say his name, uh, directed Thor Ragnarok. Yep. And is the voice of um, that rock rock being whose name I'm Korg. Korg. Yeah. Which you know synth. Synth company, so that's are cool. we uh, are we spoiling? Are we spoiling Thor I, here? Uh this isn't a spoiler mode, so okay. let's not spoil it. But yeah. I haven't seen Thor. Yeah, okay. so let's not ruin it for Jones. Okay. I would just say I'll that be it's not specific. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh delightful. Entertained the entire movie. Uh it was just pure fun. You know, D- to simplify everything, the movie was just fun. Sitting in the theater. Big fat smile on my face from ear to ear the entire time. Yeah, couple moments where I was like shocked. Couple moments where I was emotional. Just hit all the beats. Unbelievable movie. Yeah, I, I second everything you just said. There were there were so many moments where like the people I was seeing it with would like we would like look at each other and just yeah. be like. Not saying it, but it would just be like, what is this movie? Like, <laughs> what are they? Like, what? I can't believe they just said that or just did that or like. I love how it doesn't take itself too seriously, but also still hits those emotional beats. Yeah, and a really good example of how you can exist in the MCU, but also stand on your own. Yeah. Uh, it carried everything over from, you know, the previous films, like Hulk's character and Thor. So we got that progression, you know, his relationship with Loki, all the family stuff with Odin. That's yeah. all there. But the movie stands on its own. Like, you don't need any of that. So. I mean, I haven't seen any of the other Thor movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Avengers yeah. and, and the Captain Americas and what have you, but I yeah. didn't see the other two Thors, and I followed this one just fine. Yeah. It was great. Uh, I would have... We were talking about this the other day, about how trailers keep spoiling, like, shocking twist surprise mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. I really wish... And this was in a trailer, so I'm not, like, re-spoiling it. He's I on hope. the poster. He's on the Hulk poster, but, in the like, movie. I just... I just I wish I didn't know Hulk was going to be in the movie. Yeah. Because um, that moment, that, like, I remember that trailer hitting. Yeah. And it was hilarious. You know, my friend from work was, like, trending on Twitter. Yeah, you know yeah, what right. I mean? That was, like, the biggest thing. And if that... It's if, such a funny line. If you had saved that moment in the movie, like... Well, Thor oh saying gosh. yes is, like, its own meme now. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a great thing to use yes. for anybody to be excited yeah. about anything. Just And you have to wonder, like, 
because I I think the movie's doing very well. Very and, yeah. well. And I you have to wonder. I mean, I think that that trailer did do wonders for this movie because totally. that. That's what made me excited for the movie. Yeah. So it's it's the cart before the horse. Like who knows? Apple, yeah. chicken and the egg. Apple. And Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is good. Oh yeah. Like unreal. And can we talk about Kate oh Blanchett? Oh my gosh. Oh. I'll talk about Kate Blanchett anytime oh. you want. She's amazing. Can we talk about Jeff Goldblum talking about oh Kate my Blanchett? God. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. This movie just yeah. everyone in it is just fun to watch. Yep. It's yeah, so Kate Blanchett could do no wrong. I mean, she's, oh, she actually like can't. I and think. seeing her have fun like that, it's mm-hmm. so great. I think she's that's like so in like intense in it. I think that's one of my favorite things about the MCU at large is just seeing these people just come in and just nerd out completely. Oh, yeah. You know, see people that do stuff that's typically kind of more like hoity-toity or dramatic or just kind of on a like comic books, nay. Yeah, uh, and come in like yeah, sure. I'll, that, play, I'll play Doctor Strange. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> and well, and that's 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 a good point because I think that's something that the MCU right now is doing really well at because with the DC movies and with like a few of the older Marvel movies, you had kind of that moment where you're like, ooh, that's that's the movie you're doing now? Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess your career is, you know. Oh, yeah. You can't, like, they oh, can't all be winners. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. But now it feels like it, it's not a hit to your reputation. Oh, it's, it's like, A-list. I just wanted to have fun. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, I honestly think, like if Robert Downey Jr. had something to do with that, Bro, uh, dude, who knows? Like Iron Man's success, yeah, for sure, yeah. You know, you got Jeff Bridges in there, and, yeah, and Robert Downey, of course, yeah. Like that I blew it up. It's cool. It's fun. We'll it's, see it's, if it's neat that it's neat that MCU is so wide. Ooh, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, it's it's neat that the MCU is so wide that they can realize like, okay, we got Punisher coming up. Obviously, that needs to be dramatic. We got mm. Black Panther coming up. Oh. That probably shouldn't be a comedy. Uh, and so they can be like, okay, let's just make Thor like the comedy, right? And so we know that like you know we can have a different temperament with these different films, and it can all kind of blend together. I can't Whereas believe Justice how funny League. It was. We're not getting a Flash movie, so it's like right. Justice League. A lot of the trailers, like tons of comedy, and you're like, "All right, who's the villain? What? Yeah, what? What's these happening?" Aren't hitting. Yeah. So, also, who is the who is the villain? Steppenwolf. Yeah. Steppenwolf, the yeah. theater from Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> it's Dark Side's uncle. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Dark Side is their Thanos. Say Dark Side. Dark He's side. their Thanos. Exactly. Right? Like exactly. literally just Thanos. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh boy! Yeah, just just nuke it. Just start over. You see, just start over. <laughs> just start over. Just start over. You, you the, Try like, again. The, no, but like they've gone too deep into the Batman Begins mm. timeline, where like, oh, we have to be oh, gritty I wish they and did serious. Batman Begins. But I mean, I'm saying like, no color. Like, yeah, it's yeah. too serious. Like, yeah. chill out. Thor. Thor is just so beautiful because we're like. Obviously, these Marvel movies are going to go for decades at this point. Like they've already said, oh, yeah. they've already said the the post Avengers four uh, phase because you know how they do phases. They're like, all right, after Avengers four, we're going to go into like the interstellar, intergalactic, <laughs> cosmic phase where just like everything's out of control in that sense. Yeah. But like for all intents and purposes, Avengers four is like the finale yeah. of this ten year journey it's that we've the- been on. And for, I mean, for this Thor momentum to, like, ride into that yeah. is just, it's so rewarding as a fan who's been going to these movies for so long and, like, watching all the shows. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. ended last season with Coulson and them in space. So, oh. like, now S.H.I.E.L.D. is set to, like, have an impact maybe because, like, everyone's all in space and everything. So, That's cool. it's just, like, a really exciting, exciting time for... Well, and it MCU. finally they feel like they're actually 
driving forward with some momentum, you know? Because, like, yeah. before it just felt like the season finale of various TV shows. Yeah. And they're always just cliffhangering into the next one. Mm-hmm. But Doctor Strange and this one, they actually do feel like... Like, because Thanos is, like, a joke to me at of this course, point. It's like, course. I don't care about Thanos. He's been the tease for a decade. That's why he has to come and immediately snap Hawkeye's neck. Snap Hawkeye's neck, neck. yeah. <laughs> immediately. First thing. Like, first, like, like kill. First minute of the... Like, yeah. it starts... Reveal, kill. Reveal, yeah, it starts... <laughs> the movie starts, he's got Hawkeye on his ship for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Just snaps he's, his he's, neck. He's already has him in his hand. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cut to Hawkeye's face, dead. The cold and then it goes yeah. to Vision, and he's like... <gasps> He's oh, dead. And, <laughs> you think it's a? Oh, and it's not a. It's not like a vision. It's not oh, a precog. Like seeing the future. I think. It, I think. Stop. It, yeah. <laughs> um, Stop. <laughs> uh, anything else that you liked recently, Huber? Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, for for movies. Yeah. I want to see Murder on the Orient Express. I want to see that too tonight. I was yeah. probably gonna Ooh. try to. I want to see Lady by. Bird also. Lady Bird, a lot of good stuff out there. Greta Garbo or whatever. Um. Oh, I started Mr. Robot. I did not season one season three. Oh, I did I'm not finish with season two yet. Okay, season one was incredible. Yeah, season two I, it lost me a little bit. Lost me a little bit. <laughs> season three now ugh, we're still kind of riding that season two of like self-important, self-righteous, uh-huh. just like impressed with itself almost vibe. Like uh, I don't know, that's the vibe I kind of get with Mr. Robot right now. I'm just. It's just like ramble. Everyone just rambles on and on. Yeah. So I've only watched like the first three episodes, but it's kind of a slow start. Hashtag no more talking in yeah. TV. I mean, I do. Season one was like yeah. the best. Yeah. Top the, tier. Mr. Robot. Have you seen Mr. Robot season one? I'm not. Oh, you'd love it. It's good. Mr. Robot season two. Uh, I stopped watching it because it was like too effective. In a weird way, like the 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 smarmy like bastard corporate dude was too smarmy, yeah, and I didn't want to watch him. <laughs> <Here's>, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so that's I'm just like I'm out. <laughs> that's why I keep watching because I love all of these characters and and the production and the acting. Everything is so incredible, but it's just the story is dragging on yeah. right now. So. You know, I don't know what their go- end goal was when the show started. I don't know if they expected the show to be as big as it was. It just seems kind of adrift. I'm actually right now. that was something I got an email from <clears throat> Mr. Show or Mr. Robot earlier today because I was on their like ARG or whatever, so I get the emails, and I was like, oh right, that show wasn't just a one-off, yeah, like mini series like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah, I did see you'd like this. I saw, I got like obliterated with spoilers because uh, sometimes I come home and Omar's just like watching stuff on the projector right oh, no. so I like sit down and I'm like I'm like oh what's this show and like halfway through I realize it's Halt and Catch Fire oh, and like God. so many spoilers <laughs> I, was just like, I was like hey this show's pretty good I know everything now the <laughs> oh my god I can't even stress how good that show is the final season just goes there man yeah yeah it is incredible the last couple episodes is it done now it's done it is done? over okay. the show ended that show survived because some big wig at amc yeah. was like this is my favorite show yeah. we're keeping it alive <laughs> yeah unbelievably good i really like the <laughs> creation of some video games yeah, yeah. and computers and tech the final season <laughs> delivered i i mean so i good. love lee pace and um She's Mackenzie from Davis. San- Mackenzie. I was like, Mackenzie, yeah. She's from San Junipero. Well. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh my gosh. Uh, same so thing good. happened to me with The Good Place, which I'm now caught up on. 
I came home and Omar was watching like the most spoilery episode. Oh, don't spoil it. I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah, start yeah. that next. Oh yeah, it's yeah. great. Cool. The Good Place. Check it out. Okay. Jones, have you liked anything recently? Uh, yeah, well, I we, we were October happened. Yeah. And Did I it ever. I just gorged on tons and tons and tons of horror. Dude, uh, yes. it's so it's so nice Throw having a couple like out there. Throw a couple. Amazon Prime. Uh, well, I watched the entire Saw series, which I had never <laughs> seen before, start to finish. So I popped That's in Saw choice. one. And I remember actually Amanda at, like, having a conversation with Amanda one time, and she was like, "Yeah, I remember that not being terrible." She's yeah. like, "I remember the end of Saw One being very clever." Oh, James Wan, and baby. I was like, okay, which well, Saw One is James Wan has made yeah. some, some what I consider very very bad films. I can't. What's like the good Name J- James Wan movie? Most of them. What's like the good James Wan movie? The Conjuring. The Con- I, you know I don't like the Conjuring. Insidious movies. One and Two. Conjuring it's, Two. So Conjuring One and Two. Insidious One, one two. I think is cool. It's yeah. Dead Silence, underrated gem. Dead Silence is yeah. There is creepy. Is that the in one parts, with the, definitely. the, the, the and I like yeah. Lights Off. Yeah. Did he produce Lights Out? He Lights out? didn't. I think he maybe produced it or the company produced Lights it. Lights Out gets pretty hokey and love solves everything in the end like most horror films do where is it's it? just like, yeah, but love and ghosts are friends. And I, I, didn't, really like, kind of I didn't really like Lights Out. Um, it, but Lights, Lights out, out has some imagery that is killer. Has some really, really yeah. great, simple, it's no the, sound effect laden the visual horror. The can only come in the dark. Is, oh, so, so Lights you, Out's not the one where it's like, hey... If you have a depressed relative, just let them kill themselves, and that's great. Whoa, what is that? There was a movie where, like, the answer basically was, like, just get rid of people with mental problems. And everyone was like, whoa, this is problematic. Whoa, I have not even heard of that. Maybe it wasn't Lights Out, and I'm not remembering which one it was. But once I finished Saw 1, I was like, oh, oh, I didn't know it would be, like, that cliffhangery. I kind of want to see. I kind of want this resolved now. I wonder if they have Saw 2. And, like, Netflix has all of them. So I was like, okay. Did you go to the theater and see Jigsaw? Did not. (laughs) So. We should go, Jones. As much as I... You're an enthusiast now. Well, I've seen all of them in the comfort of my own home, so I don't want to spoil that mood now. Uh, But I was amazed how bad the acting is, how bad the writing is, and how I could not stop watching. Like, I had to go all the way through. And they wrap things up in the Saw franchise way better than that franchise deserves. Really? Yeah. It, like, pays off? Actually, if if you're, like, around Saw 4 or 5 and you're just like, I I can't do it, skip to 7. Skip to the final chapter, to the Saw 3D or whatever. Uh It's got, like, 20 titles. Um, (laughs) But I love how every single film has a hard hour 30 TRT. (laughs) I just imagine them getting the script, and it's, like, 91 pages, and they're like, yeah, we cut this page here. (laughs) Trim the fat. We're out. Just save it. And just like, yo, we got this scene with the cop. It's just like, (laughs) Saw 6, baby. Saw 6. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that um, what you said about Justice League? Justice that, League, the order came from on high. Two hours. That it had to be two hours yeah. no matter what or yeah. less. Yeah. Period. And it came in at an hour and 59. Yeah. So. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's everything everyone's talking about. So, like, I don't know if I'm putting my two cents on it would be that profound. But uh, Stranger Things finished. Sure. Uh, in this month. And I liked it, actually. I liked that it started at Halloween. And so if people like didn't have time to finish it, like right. it wouldn't like end on Halloween. Right, it's like right, November seventh. Right, right. People are watching it. Like I thought they paced that out really well. I timed it so perfectly where I watched the first two episodes like a day before Halloween. Uh. So I got that like <laughs> Halloween vibe. Yeah. And then now I've been like slowly going through. I'm, I finished. Oh, so you're episode, not done yet. I finished episode six. I think I have two or three okay. left. Well, here you go. So yeah, seven's a weird one. Yeah. Um, oh right. But, oh god. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I I liked and I, I think I think the 
I think season two did some more interesting things than the first one did. I think there's uh, it's really broad, which I enjoyed. Like introduce ourselves to a lot of characters that were supposedly there in the first season, but we get to know them, and so I, I love when things are fleshed out. Open world, good yeah. towns, you good know. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, like, I like when we get more context. We understand the, the lives people live and where they come from, and uh, they they put a couple new characters in there that I thought uh, were a little hokey, but um, dude, one word for you, were implemented. But uh, Bob. I, Bob, Bob, yeah. hype, Saint Bob, Bob, yeah. hype. Yeah. So I just, Bob the brain. Yeah. So just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of the thing where like I don't know. It's not the type of show where I want to compare like season one versus two. I'm just, I'm in. I'm, like I love yeah, these yeah, characters. Yeah. I'm into the story. Uh, supposedly they want to be four seasons. I think that's. The I think that's cool. what I heard. Yeah. Uh, so good on them. I think, I think that would be good awesome. on them. You don't need to carry it on 15 yeah. seasons like Walking Dead. Right. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I know it's it's not the type of show Let's where I finish the season and I'm like, you know what they got to do next season. Right. I do not care if we if we stick around in Hawkins. Great. If we go somewhere else, great. Like, when they finished season two, I was like, what are they gonna do yeah. next season? It's kind of. I think they kind of opened it up. So yeah. I think that's a good midpoint for a show. Um, I and, think we uh, should once you're done we should maybe try to do a spoiler 100% and, uh, I'm gonna finish uh, I, I, tomorrow I'm gonna finish I'm gonna okay. watch Will right, Byers give that kid an Emmy man oh yeah my yeah, god yeah. Good gave stuff. it his absolute all this season Good that's gotta stuff. be so yeah. hard for a kid to, on so many different levels to just show distress and, and yeah. you know, Incredible. be freaking out and Such uh, a good character. so committed and you just look in his eyes and like he's, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's all there. Um, but uh, I finally saw, and I think I'm all caught up on uh, Tarantino now, but I finally saw Hateful Eight, Shut which up. I hadn't seen before, which is on Netflix, which is a good two hour 40. Yeah. Settle <laughs> in. Uh, and I, ha- I, yeah, I, I got a love-hate relationship. Hate's a very, very strong word. I have a love-annoyance relationship with uh, Tarantino, <laughs> where yeah, yeah. it's kind of like Saw, where it's like I, I have a lot of problems with Hateful Eight. I, my eyeballs were glued to the television for that two hours and forty minutes because he just, he, he just does something. He just lays out characters on a chessboard, and I'm like, I have to watch the that's end of this the, chess game now. That's the conversation I want to have. Is because it's a Tarantino movie. I feel like this happens every single time a Tarantino movie comes out. It is held under a different lens. It is examined differently and criticized differently, knowing that it is Quentin Tarantino. I think that yeah, I think that's partly Tarantino's fault right, because I was just gonna say that, yeah. he puts his stamp on his sure. movies yeah. so sure, much. Fair like enough, fair enough. I think more than any uh, any director I really admire and enjoy, and especially the uh, Reservoir Dogs is my favorite. I think Pulp Fiction is probably like the best movie he's made, but Reservoir Dogs is still my favorite. Jackie Brown's underrated. Um, it is. The second time I saw it, it <laughs> was yeah. better Jackie after Brown's the first good. time. Max uh, it's got some really great moments. But again, it, I, I think the moments are what I enjoy the most when I come out of a film. Uh, I think Inglorious Bastards is tonally his strangest movie where it's just like all <laughs> over the place. Right. And I think like as someone who loves Westerns, um, I think that was what was most bizarre for me was it just kind of like, you know, me just kind of like. Every ten minutes, where it feels like we're in a new movie, you know. Just, yeah. And so that soundtrack, um, but it that stuff keeps me like into it. Yeah. And he got who's the I'm terrible with old composer oh, names. Oh, um, uh, yeah, in, in Morcone or Morcone yeah. or yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was interesting, you know. Um, but uh, um, well, because he'd been like you know like alluding to Morcone like his entire career and then he finally gets him you yeah know? <laughs> it's just that the the music was my favorite part the, oh the my, overture no. and the oh. the intermission music were my favorite parts of that entire movie <laughs> and the cast was just phenomenal it was like so many of my favorite people Bruce Dern mm-hmm. I thought was really great and unexpected and yeah. you know because um, I don't think that he and Tarantino like, worked before uh, it's definitely not like as, Russell of course can I just like do Walter anything Walter Goggins a lot oh I love Walter <laughs> he's good Good actor. Love him. Is that Justified, the, baby. He's the is guy that the guy from Vice Principals? And, yeah, yeah. Vice yeah, Principals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely not his best movie, but watching it, 
I, in my brain, know that I'm watching a master. I'm watching a master craftsman create. Right. And that just gets me every time, you know? So, like, like, yeah. like, I know it's not his best movie. I know it. And sure, it has a little bit of problems here and there. But it's you can like, feel the loss of his you, editor. It's I think for sure. Yeah. Well, let me, oh, I, here's here's my thing with Tarantino, and I especially on a film podcast. Like I hate to get too much into this because this is really just like my personal style. I remember talking to my brother. My brother's like, I just don't like the, main, the lead singer of Radiohead, and I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, fine. I can I, I can just understand how like totally if it just yeah. it just happens. Like for some people, like the vibrations in your ear and vibrations of certain songs just physically do not match, and so it's right. like okay, that's fine. We're all we're all built differently, <laughs> um, but the. I don't know if I was crazy, but the narrator doesn't come in until like an hour 40 into that movie. Like all of a sudden there's a narrator. Yeah. I don't oh, even sudden, remember a narrator. It's in after it. the intermission and it oh, tells right. you about the, the poison. With the right, coffee. Right, right. Yeah, 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 and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, just to kind of clue you in. Uh-huh. And like, I, and then I can't stop as if you were wonder like, okay, is this him realizing like, oh, wait, I don't think people are going to understand this. And so I need to just I drop it in there. Like, I think it's now. him just setting it's the tone. It's him just being weird. Yeah. Because it comes right after the intermission. Mm-hmm. I don't right. know if the home video version has yeah. so, intermission in it. So it's him so, just being weird is, is what I feel in my gut. Yeah. And so it's so strange for me to see somebody who, from my perspective, seems to love cinema more than like anybody else. You know, it's like so <laughs> right. dedicated, right. is so committed to genre, even challenging like Coen brother levels of just like... I'm, you know, going to make this movie everything it can possibly be. And then just like, I'm going to use eight different fonts in my opening credits. Right, <laughs> like, right, what? Right. what? It just, yeah, it, it, it's that thing that it's tough for me to groove with. Uh, uh, not in the same way that like, you know, um, watching a Coen Brothers film or, or watching, you know, uh, a, a Cameron film and really like, like, yes, I know this director. I know what he's going for right. here. I get it. I always kind of feel like I'm being tossed around in a Tarantino movie. I We're just going to put up with the leaf blower. But I definitely, I mean, like. The un the, the the cruel read of Tarantino is that he's he's a film school kid. He's a film school student that's doing that thing. Whereas like the Coen brothers feel like master filmmakers. Oh, you know, man. they're making like they're in the craft. Whereas like Tarantino is in the craft. You know, where he's know. like mimicking, right. but with his own style. Yeah, and I, there's I'm not criticizing. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just very much. That's what his thing is, you know? I don't dislike Tarantino movies. I didn't like... I I actively dislike Django Unchained, and I didn't love Hateful Eight, but the other ones I'd like. Um, but yeah. He's definitely Tarantino. He's definitely Tarantino. Nothing like it. Yeah. Like, but yeah he, like, he will go down in history as one of the all-time greats. Like, I have a lot of notes... I have had a lot of issues on the first, like, half of that movie, and then I couldn't finish it all in one sitting. And I remember, like, going back and, like, cracking open Netflix and being like, I got an hour, like, to eat... You know, watch them during lunch. What can I... Fi-? And, like, was stoked to get back to it. Right, I was like, right, oh, yeah! Right. I got finished Hateful Eight! You know, yeah. so... It's that that's where I sit with him, you know, where yeah. I'm like, I'm he's he's got me by the balls here. I gotta watch the rest of this story. <laughs> but at the same time, like, eh, that was a weird artistic I've, choice. Or, eh. I've never not been excited for a Tarantino movie until now. I'm not big on the next one coming out. The Manson one. Oh yeah. Charles I think Manson. It's a little weird. Mm. We'll I don't see. know. I I don't we'll see if it's in poor taste or if it's like who knows. Yeah. Um anything else that you've liked recently? Uh that's it. Just you lots don't of horror. have to like anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I love Wait. Thor. What? I, wanted to, I wanted to ask John something. Okay. You were talking about horror movies, Halloween. Uh oh. He's getting closer. Jason Voorhees is coming. Yeah, it's gonna. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Brandon Jones, what other horror movies did you watch in October? You said you watched a handful. You watched Saw. <laughs> Any other ones? 
There's lots of leaves directly by the garage. Let's just there's let's a giant just... pile of leaves directly out in front of yeah. the garage. <laughs> if Jason came crashing through the door, I would just say, "Take me, yeah. <laughs> take me now. Take me. You've earned it." Uh, yeah, a lot of it was just kind of like stuff. A lot of them were bad. I mean, a lot of them yeah. were, you know, it's like, I think that's like Netflix's haul is, is just like, okay, oh, we'll yeah. actually get like four or five decent horror films. Right. Um, sometimes I wonder if they like, trying to think if there's anything like classic that I had never seen before. They're after like one good horror movie and yeah. they buy a lot of like 4,000 just to get that one. What's your guys familiarity with Friday the 13th? How many have you seen? Oh yeah. Several, several times. I've seen the first one and Freddy vs. Jason. Nice. And I'm not sure if I've seen the others. Okay. I'm, more, I'm more familiar with Hellraiser than nice. Jason. Fair enough. All the other ones, yeah, uh, bleed together. First one I remember very well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I've seen Freddy vs. Jason. and um, They all blend. All the other ones blend for you. I mean, space obviously doesn't blend with anything. Jason 10 or what was it called? Jason X. Jason X, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Was Jason Goes to Hell... The ninth one. Then, and it was supposed to be the last one? Yeah. And, and then, then at the very, very end, Freddy Krueger's hand comes up and grabs his mask. And then that kind of oh, started what? the whole Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy Jason and yep. then yep. Jason Whoa. X was after Super that. cool moment. Oh, wait, Jason X was after <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah. Weird. That's or, weird. wait. Oh, I forget. No, I think Jason in Space was way before Freddy vs. Yeah. Jason. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Whatever. I forget that. Anyways, yeah. I liked Thor Ragnarok. I saw Blade of the Immortal the other day. Hype. And woo, is so that hype. a movie? Uh, Takashi Miike's 100th film. Good lord. Such a madman. A madman. In college, I went on a Takashi Miike binge where I was yeah. just, because Ichi the Killer at that yeah. time was like one of my favorite movies. I was like, oh my god, this movie. <laughs> uh, so I've seen like 15 of his movies. Nothing. It's got a hundred. Yeah, yeah. How do you make a yeah. hundred movies? Drop in the bucket. I have no idea. And like, I mean, I have to imagine that most of the ones we haven't seen are like rare, hard to or find, or like easy to make, like easier mm. to make than the the ones I've seen. Because yeah. like, Ichi the Killer, Audition, Thirteen Assassins, and yeah. this are like crazy huge in scale. Yeah. And I mean, this definitely this one. It's like. I could see that it was probably easier to shoot than 13 Assassins, but not by much, because mm -hmm. it's got massive scenes of of yeah. sword-based violence that I'm just like, how do you even shoot this stuff in one go? Like, yeah. what's happening? That's what I love about him, is that he makes these smaller movies and yeah. then just blows it up with a yeah. really big one. 13 Assassins is one of my favorite movies. Hell yeah. We gotta do an could episode on Japanese film eventually. Really could be his best. I, I actually think... Of the ones I've seen, it's my favorite. And is audition. that recent? For a genre, 13 maybe. Assassins, uh, I want to oh, say, is like 2007 nine? or 9? Oh, but like this... Yeah. Blade of the Immortal is brand new. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just 13 Blade Assassins, Immortal, I'm, I'm familiar Blade with. Blade of the Immortal is out around. right now. Cool. Um, oh, you, you would love 13 Assassins. 13 Jones. Assassins okay, cool. is yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Do you like Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven? Yeah. yeah, it's basically... It's basically... It's like a heist movie, though, yeah. because like the first half of the movie is so setting up this assassination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're so And then in. the second half is just doing the assassination. The job. <laughs> yes. It's so good. I love that. 13 Assassins. It blows Hateful Eight out of the water. Boom. Boom. I can just compare them. Crazy. Um, Shocking. Anyway, Blade of the Immortal <laughs> is very cool and very bloody and worth a watch. Mm -hmm. I've never seen or a re I've never read any of the manga, but 
it seemed like a manga for sure. That's so cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is a manga. He does because like sometimes things stuff. happen. And you're just like. They just have no like mm-hmm. no middle scene. It's just all of a sudden like we're there. We're doing yep. the thing that matters, and it's like all right. <laughs> like, he has this. Uh, he has these movies issues. called Dead or Alive, not not the video game, but uh-huh. Dead or Alive. It's like Yakuza stuff. Oh, okay. And just it'll go from like scene in the back room, everyone smoking, like having a conversation, till the next scene, just like drowning a baby or like <laughs> rocket launchers and like laser eyes. It's. Chaos. Okay, the guy's crazy. <laughs> but somehow it's no, it doesn't come off as jarring right, right. or or incomplete or. Did you see three you, stories? Three stories. Not. His his it's three. It's like a little horror anthology with three different things. His is very crazy. Anyways, speaking of horror movies, yeah. speaking of mockumentaries, yeah. Let's talk about this week's assignment month. This month's assignment film. Leaf blowers. <laughs> should we like leaf kill? Let's very, fill dead air for a few minutes. It's very like cinema verite with the <laughs> yeah. with the leaf blower. There's, there's leaf blowers in life, baby. There's leaf blowers sometimes, you know. <laughs> it's like it's, a day, it's really day in the life here, you know. Yeah, right I imagine like that scene from American Beauty, and then the camera zooms back, and there's just a guy with a leaf blower blowing the plastic bag around. I can fill dead air for like, two minutes. Fill dead air, Hubert. Because Halloween is now over and it makes me sad. We gotta yeah. wait another year. It's depressing. So what is, just really quickly recap, what's your guys' favorite horror movie? Or franchise? Favorite horror movie of all time? Or, or favorite horror franchise? Oh. I've told you about Exorcist 3, right? That's my... Exorcist? Yeah, that's dude. That's my favorite. Exorcist, Exorcist Trace. What an inspired pick, Jones. Uh, so Because it's not, yeah, it's not your, the, the typical thing. It's not the movie everybody talks about, but... Uh, it um, I think it holds up, and it absolutely destroyed me as a child. That that was, I was uh, scared of that film. Yeah. And oh, I previously yeah. was scared of characters and films or scenes, moments, but the, that just that movie from top to bottom, everything about it, like looking at the poster, would give me chills. Like, Exorcist similar... One has got to be in my top five for horror. Yeah, I had a similar experience with the. I don't like this movie because it's not very good, but I was terrified of Event Horizon. That movie ruined my life. The eyes, the bleeding eyes. That movie ruined my life when I was a kid. I was like, I saw it when I was like thirteen or something. It's so great, Ian. Our generation, like our age group, was scarred by that movie. You talk to anyone that's like late twenties, early thirties. Event Horizon, man. Event Horizon. I couldn't. No one else gets sleep for months. It like actually ruined my life. Favorites though, I mean, I always did. I grew up really liking like the Clive Barker stuff, like Hellraiser and all that. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare was my jam. It's yeah, that, that that was the thing. You, to bring up Jason, it was like yeah, kind of. It was like Nightmare. Met all Freddy. of them. Multiple Before Dream Christmas Warriors. Or, oh yeah, the best. I've, I've actually not seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies oh. except for Freddy vs. I think Jason. I think you dig them, Ian. Really? I think you I would really think you. I like because yeah. there's a thing. I never watched them because like. Growing up, a lot of my depression centered around not being able to get to sleep. So I was like, I should avoid a movie that actively makes you yeah. afraid to yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. I'm going to just not go there. Smart, smart call. Uh, but I do love... There's something so wicked about horror franchises that take innocuous everyday things and make them terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think like if you could do that with... If you can do that to any like everyday thing, it's like, whoa, all right, you, yeah. you did it. It's creepy to the story that... Um, inspired Wes Craven was like this kid who like didn't want to sleep and was screaming to his parents and uh, they were like no you gotta sleep you gotta sleep and then just one day he had this really crazy psychotic episode and he said if I sleep now I'm gonna die and they were like you have to get some sleep and he slept and died in his sleep and they don't know what, what killed him 
died mysteriously in his Whoa. sleep. So Wes Craven's like reading this in newspaper and he's like, Whoa. It was like James Doing Cameron that. having the nightmare about the Terminator just waking up the next day, like type, 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 type. Um, and so with the the scene when uh, when Nancy has like the coffee in her room, that's like from that story. Like they like found like a pot of coffee like hidden in his closet. That he was oh, like, he's trying not yeah, to like, sleep, pounding coffee at night. How does he leave blown outside of this door again? There's just a lot of leaves. It's a lot of leaves. Because now you you knock it's the leaves from one area into another area, and then now you got to start from the other area to go back. Every time you're leaf blowing one area, it's just knocking leaves into another area. Leaf blowing is he, inefficient and it pollutes and it's noisy and I don't see the point. He's adding sure to, to the horror up. vibe because <laughs> I'm immediately thinking of Friday the 13th part 7 when Jason gets the giant buzzsaw yeah. and kills the psychiatrist and it yeah. sounds exactly sounds just like this. Exactly. Oh, like uh, I, I do want to give credit to the last two Chucky films. Which completely passed me by. There's a new one that came out. There was a direct sequel. I heard it was good. To, and this was The Cult of Chucky, which is direct sequel to The Curse of Chucky, which feel like a new direction. Feels like I think it's like a new director stepping in. Okay. And I think there's going to be like another Chucky on the way. So this wasn't like Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky was like a different. I think it's maybe same producers kind of in a James Bond way, but they like brought in a new like creative lead. Uh, and um, better than I was anticipating. Some really interesting stuff, like some fun horror moments, some legit like creepy vibes. Yeah. And a really good attitude about itself. You yeah. Know? Not not obviously in a like home run Thor Ragnarok kind of way, but like definitely aware that this is like the eighth or whatever Chucky movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, shout out to Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Right on. The craft. <laughs> shout out to the craft. Shout out to the faculty. Shout out to uh, Dude, Ernest. Still gotta see the faculty. Watch the craft again. Oh, though. That was faculty. on Netflix. Yeah. Josh Hartnett. Hilarious. Bring back Josh Hartnett. He's oh. around here. I and there. love him. He's so great. He, he was on in uh, Penny, Penny Dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah, that's right. I stopped. I, I, I got to finish. Two. Well, I finally watched uh, I Mo- Mr. Morgan two. and Dr. Jonathan Strange, Strange and Mr. Norrell. Yeah. Is that good? So good. A couple episodes in, yeah, I'm yes! really, really, really enjoying it. Yes! I had that Very, book, but I never read it. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. so good. Ian. One of the best yeah. recommendations from here, just on a personal one. Out. Like it's faithful to the book because Beth read the book and then watched the show and approved. Also. I always liked The Ninth Gate for some reason. With, uh, it's not a good Depp movie. With Johnny Depp. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen that one. It just has like a cool, weird, like gross vibe to it that I like. I don't know. Yeah. It's the, like <laughs> it's a detective noir, but also like demon summoning. Nice. I, I like it. Just, I love demons. The, just The Gate is also legit. A young Stephen Dorff. Love Stephen Dorff. The, the, the Gate to Hell opens up in his backyard. Deacon ah. Frost. <laughs> Blade. His friend gets yeah. possessed and he stabs him in the eye with the feet of a Barbie doll. It's pretty sweet. Awesome. Speaking of Blade, you can't go to a party dressed as Blade. <laughs> what we do in the shadows? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. I was dying. All right, let's talk about what we do in the shadows. <laughs> I was dying. Huber, so I'm actually surprised because you don't like comedies generally. So I found out chat, uh, right. Twitch chat well, you and, do, and the you comments. You just like good comedy. Said I'm very picky. They said, Huber, you don't not like comedies. You're just very picky about comedies. Right. I said, oh, okay. They, so I think they, that's it. I'm just. I, yeah. It's not like I don't like horror. I love horror. I'm just very picky about right. it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Same Z's. So, or is he? I'll watch a dumb comedy. Show. So, what? What? What hit you about what I we like do Zoolander. in the shadows? <laughs> First of all, uh, the lore, right out of the gate. Yeah, got me hooked yeah. immediately. Yeah. The first five minutes, they're going into the lore of the vampires and like all these really cool uh, pictures and the paintings. opening sequence is very good. Right out of the gate, establishing the rules of the world. Pulled me in and made me invested just like that, you know, because like the comedy I don't like is when there are no rules, things just happen, people die and there's no consequences or like, you know, you don't like zany. 
Zay, yeah, yeah. Ran, I just you don't like random humor. Ran, yeah, I can't get invested in that. That's why I think mockumentaries are going to be great for you because they're rooted in reality. Yeah, they're just like just slightly skewed reality. And I it think was, that's. I think this might be your genre. It bud. was fantastic. Yeah. It was but I, I think it's important that Huber was grabbed in the beginning, though, because I think that's I've I've finished real documentaries that I thought were interesting stories and I'm glad I watched but man the first three minutes I'm like right. where are we going right. you know it's like you really if you're setting up a documentary if you want to spend money on it spend the money on those first three minutes yeah. like mm-hmm. like really set up have a really good title sequence by the time the title of your film lands maybe you're like whoa I gotta finish this story because yeah. if you I just think, start with a dude talking for six minutes like I don't know I think that uh, documentaries are very hard to end I watched Amanda Knox yeah. last night for the first time. Yeah. I, and I didn't know like anything about that story at all. Um, and yeah, the first half of it, I was I was invested. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it kind of just fizzles. And uh, there are a lot of other documentaries, true crime stuff especially, that I've seen where it kind of is like that. you know. And the problem is I think that it's a binary ending. It's either they did it or they didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you either find out or you don't. you know. And it's like, you know, which can be really dramatic. But it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Mockumentaries, you know, don't have that problem because they can write an ending. What we do in the shadows, I think, has it. It's so great at just everything about it is great. First of all, and We're Wolves is going to be hilarious. Which is wait, they're making a sequel. You, they're making a sequel called We're Wolves. <laughs> oh yes! And take out the apostrophe, and it's werewolves. <laughs> And it's about the werewolves, and I'm very excited yes. about it. Yeah, I don't know much more about it than that, but um, I'm excited. But yeah, th- this movie starts strong, stays strong, and ends strong. I love the ending. It's touching. That's something Something that happens with a lot of my favorite mockumentaries is that they're really funny, but they also are really uplifting and heartwarming mm-hmm. and touching. Uh, Juan Likes Rice and Chicken comes to mind from Documentary Now, too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah... Oh man, what we do in the shadows. The effects are really well done. Yeah. They're they're very understated really and they gore. look really natural. Yeah. Um, when uh, he was on fire in the basement. Oh god. That was a gore. Peter. Such good effects. And it was so shocking because I was like, this guy. Yeah. He's clearly the strongest one. <laughs> right. He's so old. He's got right. all the power. It's like Count Dracula down here. Yeah. And then what they do with that just Totally caught me off guard. Yeah. I was like, this guy's going to come in at the end and, and do some damage. His name is Peter, right? <laughs> yeah, Peter. <laughs> I love that he just got some standard name. What is it? What is it? The, the, one of the guys like runs out of the house, and, and he's like, Peter got him. Oh, and everyone's like, yeah. oh. Unlucky bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh no. Peter got, <laughs> Peter got him. I like the lighting. It's really dark in that house. Yeah. So I like that whenever they're looking at something, it's really just the light on the camera that's just super hot on them. And you can kind of see this like dark fringe yeah. around the border of the film that's always there. That is kind of spooky and uncomfortable. You know, like it, it, I, I, and that's why I think they, uh, they do really well with like the costumes and the, the quality of that house. It's a really great set. How, how practical the effects are. Seeing, yeah. even seeing him float and vacuum is yeah, like yeah. funny, but kind of unsettling at the same time. Like him opening up the closet, you know, the closet door and being like, we're having dinner or like, a meeting. And he's like hanging upside down. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, that's funny. That actor had to be hung upside down in that closet. But at the same time, I'm thinking that's kind of spooky, actually, that that guy imagine a house like this. Yeah. Like imagine being in New Orleans or being in one of these cities and seeing these houses and wondering, yeah. like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what weird people, because even if even if there's some weird stuff going on in that house that isn't supernatural, it's still weird and spooky right. stuff. Well, I like when he opens uh, <laughs> Jermaine Clement's door and it's like that weird, like. 
yeah. satin void with those yep. two women for a second, and then he like shuts the door, and then he opens it, and it's just a bedroom, straight up like Dracula. Dracula, yeah. and well, and it's it's awesome because <laughs> that's one of the things I love about it is it's steeped in the vampire lore. Yeah. They do Nosferatu, they do Dracula, they do you know the Anne Rice stuff. <laughs> it's they even like in a little bit of a way like the new vampire, they do a little bit of like the Twilight stuff where yeah. he's just walking around like I'm a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I love one of the funniest lines in the whole movie to me is. Uh, when the the older vampires are like, you can't you can't just go around saying that you're a vampire, and then and then he's like, you've got a documentary crew following yeah, you yeah. around, <laughs> like what is happening? And if you stay, there's an after credits in this movie. I won't say what it is, but watch watch the credits because it it's funny. Yeah, after the credits. But some of my favorite movies uh, in this genre are my favorites because there is a little bit of truth there. Right. And we'll, we'll talk about American Vandal later, but, like, that gets su- surprisingly poignant. You know, oh. like, that actually touches on some grander themes at the end of it, and it's just like, how, how dare you? This is a comedy. You know, but, like, it's a, it's a remarkable how it manages to do that, how you kind of find yourself, like, actually being invested, and you're like, wait, they're making all this crap up. Why am I, why do I care? Right. And I think with this movie, I think there's, there's a lot to be said about... Uh, can friendship survive over a certain length of time? Right. What What do you do with ego amongst a small group of people? You know, when you have people that are friends just because they have to be, but don't necessarily get along. Um, and just talking about outcasts in general, like I think there's a lot. You know, them trying to get into the club as vampires. It's, like, I, right. it's funny, but obviously there's so many reasons why you would not be accepted in a social situation or be at the wrong club at the wrong time. And I didn't know what to think at the very end when he turns the the his long lost wife or oh, whatever yeah, yeah. the with the woman he wanted to marry yeah yeah thrall she's like 96 years old oh no, the one oh, the other one right, right. oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah when he turned her and he's like yeah now we're gonna live forever <laughs> i was like is this really happy or really sad right you know it 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 gave me weird feelings and i and i don't know if you guys felt the same way if that was the intention or i i think it's it's very interesting and yeah it 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 treats vampire vampirism as as real, and it treats them like people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the strengths of yeah. mockumentary on the whole and this movie. I love the line at the end um, when he when he says, "And you know, it's there's a, there's a big age difference. You know, like uh, this woman is with someone who's several hundred years older than yeah. her. But you know what? I'll rob the cradle. You know, it's just like it's a funny like way to flip that. And that's Taika Waititi." Yeah, or whatever. However you say, I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong. But uh, he's good vibes. Oh yeah. Also, he like he's aging very well. There was a everyone's like all a buzz on the internet where like there's a picture of him and the cast of Thor, and everyone's yeah. just like, "How is the director the hottest one? <laughs> like, what's going on? He looks good now. He's like gray. It's cool." Um, but anyways, uh, but yeah, the filmmaking of this movie, the the format, pacing of. Mockumentaries seem to all share a kind of similar pace to me, where it's the, it's usually like a dry humor, and the jokes usually come in like I don't know. There's like a the beats of mm-hmm. a mockumentary are similar. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I mean, that's maybe not uh, intention or it's a coincidence, but um, I don't know. I think that the way that they meter out comedy is really good, and this movie does that really well. Introducing new characters, introducing new things. The thrall when she when she gets turned by the young vampire, love it. It's great. 
But even just going to see her house and like the things that she has to put up with, I'm feeling this emotional struggle between like this is hilarious that this poor woman, yeah. you know, has to deal with all this stuff, and at the same time, you're like, I mean, that would be horrible if that actually happened. But like, it's yeah. not real, ha ha ha. You know. Well, and also like her character is very depressing too because she just doesn't care about her family at all. Mm-hmm. Like she's got kids and doesn't care. I think she's got kids and, and she's I got think, a husband. But she <laughs> plays it so real. She's so grounded. Right. And I think that's if if anybody out there is listening to this or anybody's aspirations like to make a mockumentary, it's like it's got to be real like that. Right. And I and I know it can be so easy once everybody gets together and the camera's rolling to be like, all right, you know, step back, everybody. I'm going to be super funny right, right now. Right, right, right. And it's like just be real. We'll shoot hours of it. And we'll let you know what the funny parts were. Like we'll, we'll, at the end of the day, realize, like, oh, we just caught your eye in that one moment, and the timing and everything was so great. To do a big character in a mockumentary is very hard because, yeah, you have to be, you still have to be a person. You still have to be real. I think the Christopher Guest movies, um, specifically Waiting for Guffman, where he's playing Corky, who is out there, but it's like, you know, if you've ever worked in theater, like, You've, you know that guy. Sure, You've met that person, you know? And it's like, okay, this is a big personality, but they're still a personality. They're still real. And yeah, I think that I think everyone in, the, in this movie does a great job with that. Nobody seems off kilter. And like, the timing of acting uncertain and like the appropriate amount of realistically awkward mm-hmm. is hard to do. The meeting at the end the the gathering yeah with the the zombies mm-hmm. and everyone uh when they when everyone starts to realize that stew is human right i think nails that timing and pacing of you know uneasiness and right. they start to realize and they're like okay stew we gotta we, we should go this way we should get out of here and the zombie sitting there he's like are you pre-deceased yeah, i love yeah. that are you pre-deceased <laughs> like slowly gets up <laughs> yeah well, and that's great too because, like, the characters should have known. That yeah, he should, you know, like, but they didn't even think about it because they just accept yeah. Stu. You know, yeah. it's Stu, really and good. Stu. I mean, that Stu's actor. Great. Talk, talk about being grounded. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it would have been so easy for him to like try to go for a joke. Right. And I wonder if like he really got that, or if the director, you know, kind of constantly had to be like, no, no, less, 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 like. The focus should not be on you. You should, and that, and because that's hilarious. Him just yeah. constantly being like, you can't tell. Like, is he Standing into this? There? Is he not? Like, is he? Can is he, he hear is he him frozen talking? with fear, yeah, or yeah. Is, does he just not care about life? Like, what? Right. What is going on? Yeah, Stu, 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 <laughs> better be a big part in werewolves. Oh, I love Stu. Yeah, I love Stu. But yeah, it's it's that emotional investment and how you know. How does that happen in a film where we know none of this is real and all of it's a dumb joke? Right. And now, but no, I really care about Stu. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, why? That, that brings us nicely into our first kind of discussion question is uh, what works about this format for comedy? Like, what about documentary makes it so successful at, at being funny? Uh, Samuel Cardwell says a big part of the appeal for comedy is that mockumentaries are kind of easy. Not in a bad way, but being able to have Ron Howard make a narrator joke at any given moment without breaking continuity is a pretty great trick to have up your sleeve. Or throwing in some fake archival footage or having a character shoot a pained look directly into the camera. Uh, It just opens up a lot of possibilities. And I think that's totally right is because you can, when you're able to break the fourth wall like that in a way that is explained by the narrative, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a whole other range. It's like stage plays where you can have a soliloquy to the audience where it doesn't feel unnatural exactly 
I just I love it, and it like, yeah, it, it's just a whole other layer of meta that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just having again all the lore, like when they go into the Nazi vampires, that's adding a whole another layer of history to it all, and just how old. Uh, oh, I keep forgetting the Nosferatu guy, Justin e- Peter? Peter Peter. Yeah, just like when it talked about how Peter he, or when he was like. Yeah, this giant bat carried me away and ate me, and it was Peter. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. and that was Peter, and they're yeah. like best friend. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Um, I think also there's um a little. bit, It's kind of like letting the air out of the balloon a little bit. There's like a lot of because a lot of documentaries are deal with you know uh, dramatic subject matter, and so yeah. I think like a lot of times you, when you do something like this, like a parody or a satire of um. Of, of that genre, it's kind of you admitting, like, yeah, that was kind of silly, and, and it is kind of nice to laugh about that because I was so caught up in, you know, making a murder or whatever, you know, right. like whatever documentary series you were watching. And so I think that's actually something that um, I, I will laugh at despite myself. when it, Like, when I first saw American Vandal, I was like, is this funny? I don't know. It's kind of making fun of another genre, and that guy is still in prison, and that's sad. And, you know, so, like, right. is this crossing some sort of weird line? Yeah. Um, but I think it's, yeah, I, I think... When you when I see a film parody something like Naked Gun parodying like detectives, uh, to me that's more of like making fun of the genre. Whereas right. when I look at mockumentaries, a lot of the time I feel like this is making fun of me. Like this is making fun of more like real type of people or making fun of something that I'm interested in. That like I see Waiting for Guffman and I realize like wow, all that time I spent doing theater was pretty stupid. Like like there was just a lot of things I took seriously. You know, it's the day of the show, y'all. Like saying yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. when I do shows now, like we would say that in college. Right. And so it was a nice way to just like we're all so nervous when it's the day of the show, and somebody like it's the day of the show, y'all, and it's like. Oh yeah, okay. Now, when I compare what we're doing now to that dumb show that they do in that movie, then it just okay. Now I'm a little more relaxed. Now I just right. realize life is silly, life is trivial. We're all at the end, you know. We're all at the butt. We're all the butt of some joke somewhere, uh, and so that that's kind of what mockumentaries mean for me. That's that's sort of in line with or why the humor uh, works. Something Brittany Fuller said is that um, mockumentary uh, kind of gives you an emotional guide through the reactions of the characters and you can react in a more natural way. And that point of view makes us a part of the film crew that's filming the mockumentary instead of just an audience member. It like puts you, yeah. it involves you. The ability to break the fourth wall makes you feel like a participant uh, rather than a viewer. And I think that's a really astute point because, yeah, it, it, it puts it on your level. It feels real, and then you relate to it, and everyone's acting real, sort of. And And yeah, I really think whether it's, shining a light on your a lens on yourself like oh doing theater like this is very silly because yeah like mockumentaries are really successful if you can relate to the subject matter or uh in weirder situations like like i i've never taken a dog to a to a dog show yeah. and best in show you know it's a look into a different world that i don't specifically know anything about but then you look at it and you're like okay yeah this seems like it's probably just a heightened version of how this really is and these people all seem real you know <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's, I love that about it, that you're a participant, it grounds it, it makes it so much cooler. Because I think that's an easy topic for a mockumentary, is something you would never make a documentary about. Something right. so innocuous and inane, like, there's no, why would you spend that much money and resource, and right. why would someone say, like, they're so interested that we gotta go do that? Because mm-hmm. um, that's what documentaries can feel like sometimes, you know, when, like, I think the, the best ones are when a lot of the subjects are talking to the interviewers, being like, why are you even covering, like, why are you so interested in this? And right. Like, I gotta find the truth. Um, some of the some really good examples of making you a participant. Uh, Man bites dog is a is a good 
maybe one of the darker mockumentaries. Uh, the comedy is so dry a lot of the time because, and it's been a few years since I've seen it, but um, it's it's a documentary crew following a serial killer. Whoa. With him, as he's um, killing people, <laughs> and, and, and then like as the movie goes on, like the film crew gets more and more embroiled in his crimes, and like has to like start cleaning up bodies and stuff. Um, and so yeah, it really puts you in that situation where you're just like, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, yeah. uh. um, Incident at Loch Ness, a lesser known movie maybe, um, is pretty hilarious because it's a behind the scenes making of of a Werner Herzog movie. <laughs> That never existed. It was never being made. But uh, it, he was he was trying to make a documentary about the Loch Ness monster and like trying to prove that it's fake. And he's got like this producer that like makes this little robot and like tries to spice things up. But then like things, of course, go bonkers. Um, is Herzog in it? Herzog is in it. He's no. like the main character awesome. of this movie. It's wow. hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> that sounds great. Because yeah, it just feels like, and like Herzog is playing it so straight, oh. and he's like, it's making fun of Herzog yeah. himself, but he's making fun of himself. That's so it's very good. good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then of course, there's the rockumentary. Oh yeah. The mock mock rockumentary. Samuel Cardwell uh, brings this up and asks, "Did rock and roll invent the mockumentary?" <laughs> Hard Day's Night, uh, of course, The Ruddles, and then Spinal Tap. Um, is, like He says that, uh, that bands, uh, they're so bombastic that it leads itself to a mockumentary format, or that it's, is it just because serious rock docs are such a natural target because they're so crazy? And I think it's a little of both. Like Rock bands are so eccentric that it's easy, an easy target. Like the, the well, real think, yeah. doc, real documentaries almost feel like comedies sometimes. Well, I think like if, if you're doing a documentary on World War II, I might not be interested in that documentary. I might not be a World War II historian, but I'm not going to tell you like World War II ain't nothing. It's right, like no, right. World War II is a profound had a profound impact on our planet. It was a yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah, you know. Whereas like it's very easy to be like that band sucks. Like I just don't <laughs> care. Like I just don't care about your dumb you know mockumentary. It's like if you don't like the Foo Fighters, you're not going to like that Foo Fighter right. documentary on Netflix. I I like the Foo Fighters. I enjoyed it, and. So so I think it's so easy to set up some dumb band, you right. know, some something that again, like you know, shining the mirror on yourself, like looking at that fandom and being like, oh, okay, that's silly how obsessed you know they are with that thing. Um, I one of my favorite uh, uh, beats, I can't remember who it was, but someone was. Uh, uh, um, well, it might have been Ozzy Osbourne, I think, infamously said, like, I hate Spinal Tap. I don't think it's funny at all. Oh, really? <laughs> For obvious reasons. Because yeah. it's like, none of that's funny. Like, getting lost backstage, that's not funny. Yeah. Too real for us. That's happened to me. That, like, when they, like, did, that they like, wanted to get rockers involved when it came out, and all the rockers were like, I don't find this movie funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's great. That's really good. Uh, real quick, a real rockumentary that's pretty crazy is Dig. It's the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jamestown Massacre, I think. Uh, those two bands. Whoa. That's the name of a band. I think that's the name of the band. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I've anyway, only seen The Last Waltz. I haven't seen it's that Scorsese. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah? It's like everyone shows up from that You'd era. like Spinal Tap. I would. Well, Spinal the thing, I I, just, just, to, just to tip my hat to Spinal Tap, why I hold Spinal Tap in such amazing esteem is like, it really like rides the line of mockumentary because right. like they wrote the music they're performing all of this music they it's invented not their, a band it's not their real names and the concerts you see in there were not set up for the reasons they were set up before right everything else is real yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's I, I 
I, I hold most mockumentaries to that standard yeah. of uh, and same thing with Mighty Wind, which I, which, which I love, Wind, yeah. which I think I actually might enjoy more than uh, Best in Show. I uh, love cause some of those songs. God, are They're so, so funny. Good. And it's not it's not the type of thing where it's like, I wrote a funny song. It put funny lyrics in. It's right. like, no, I, I did it. I mean, this is yeah. a folk song. Yeah. You know, it's like I a could good folk there, song. there are people you could play this to that would not get the joke. They would be like, oh, it's a catchy tune. And you're yeah. like, yeah, but if you really listen to the lyrics and understand the context of like what they're saying. And there's so many different bands in Mighty Wind, you know, different styles. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like the um, and, and if you're familiar with that genre and like the, the actual Mighty bands Wind. that they're making fun of. But um, and same thing. Or it's like if you see like there's one band that's like the family band. We're like they're all together, right. all playing their instruments, and like they're all playing all of those instruments, and they all, got, is, they all got together independently. Yeah. And I can imagine working with a bunch of actors over years that was pretty fun, where they all splinter off into different groups, and like yeah. Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy are like, all right, later, and then show up with like these four or five hilarious yeah, songs, amazing, beautiful, moving yeah. songs, witches in nature's colors, <laughs> wink. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, best in show, waiting for <clears throat> Guffman, a mighty win for me, like. Best in Show and, and Mighty Wind might be uh, my favorite, but they're all like so perfect to me. I love them. Uh, that brings up a good point, though, with Spinal Tap. And our next question t- is talking about the difference between dry uh, and bombastic, crazy humor. Mm-hmm. Because mockumentaries really ride the line. Documentary Now is a great example of like some episodes, like Globesman which is a, a take on Salesman, is, or the Bunker uh, one... They're so dry that I haven't seen the source material and I didn't even know what was supposed to be a joke and what was just straight up. Like, it's so dry that I didn't even know if it was a comedy or not. And, like, other episodes like Drones, like, you don't have to watch any Vice stuff to just be like, (laughs) that's hilarious. Why do you have two copies of Anger Management? it so rides on the line because, like, they get, I mean, not to spoil, but, like, there's, you know, there's death in that episode. And it's like, and it's so you know severe but it's so hilarious like that's arguably the funniest joke in that whole episode and how, what a horrible horrific thing to think yeah. about you know it's like getting shot you know or, or seeing that happen like if anyone would actually be killed and someone were to tape that on news or documentary like they wouldn't yeah. show that footage or anything and so uh and I, and I think that is actually an interesting question and actually one thing that um uh i think you need to remember when you're making a mockumentary is uh, like there was one line in one of the documentary now episodes where some guy said something and he and someone corrected him and he said oh wait cut that part out and right. they obviously didn't right and so then the world of your mockumentary starts to shake a little bit like the foundation starts to loosen for me where you're like okay well they that character wouldn't want that in and so how, what reality are we in right now you know we're like you want to you want to make sure not to like shatter that that right. illusion that you are still creating something for the reason that you set out to do it yeah. Maybe stick to the purpose, because I, I, I think if you're if it if it's not clear why why you're doing it, American Vandal is a really great purpose. Like they really yeah. said, like in a uh, uh, this American Life kind of way. Like I am this journalist. I'm doing this for this oh, reason. Okay, Let's yeah. go out and achieve that goal. Yeah, it's like kind of doing a serial or yeah. making a murder kind of thing. Um, yeah, my, a documentary now is a really interesting case because every episode is so wildly different. I think some episodes are much more successful than others. I mean, Parker Gale's location is everything. Juan likes rice and chicken. They're so good. So it's a mockumentary it, show? Yeah. Documentary on, now. Every episode is a different, a different uh, type. Seasons of- one and two are on Netflix. Nice. It, it's worth checking out. Cool. Um, I sent you like a weird list, but like. Oh, but I love how fast you did it. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I've only seen uh, the Grey Gardens one because Grey Gardens. Greg, dude, Grey Gardens Sandy itself passage, is a comedy yeah. man. If you if it wants. That's, yeah. that's borderline mockumentary. Because it's one thing, you know, if you're going to shoot some interesting stuff, but like, you know, those cameramen shooting this were like, 
what is, what movie is this going to yeah. be, man? Yeah, like, yeah, what on like, earth what am I getting? Um, but, uh, and, and I was like, hey, Ian, what are some other good episodes? And I just get this list of like, well, there's this, 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 this. in well, this that, order. Yeah, I was like, in this order, One Lights, Rice and Chicken, <laughs> Parker Gale's Location is Everything, probably drones. Sandy Passage, then Drones, and then uh, maybe Canuck Uncovered, and then... Uh, uh, final transmission, you know, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, every, I love that. Ranked. I mean, I didn't say like four episodes, but like, uh, yeah, it's a great show. And, um, but even, even within itself, like consistency, you know, the mm-hmm. final transmission episode departs from like the first time I watched it, it departs from its, its kind of parent that it's satirizing, uh, it's doing stop making sense by the talking, talking heads, which is great. Um, but this has like, this has talking head haha moments in it where they like go and, and do interviews and then like it breaks format a couple of other ways like Fred Armisen does like a very spot on Tom Waits in the middle of it for kind of no reason just other than to do it um, and it's still funny but it like breaks from the format of stop making sense a lot but uh, I still think it's a success um, but yeah some of the episodes are way more bombastic than others mm-hmm. Parker Gale's location is everything it's doing Spalding Gray's Swimming to Cambodia which I don't I've never seen which I think was directed by Jonathan Demme which is funny because they wow. use the same fake director for that episode as they do on the Stop Making Sense episode which is also directed by Jonathan Demme, Dude, the, Jonathan Demme. yeah the, the, the Stop Making Sense is Jonathan Demme as well and so it's just like I see what you did there They Harrison Renzi that is the fake director they use in both. Anyway, uh, but Parker Gale's Location is Everything is a monologue, and just the character is so insane, and the the comedy is... There are some, like, actual just jokes in that episode, like hard jokes, and uh, it still works because it fits the format. Um, yeah, and uh, Morgan Mahala says that I think that the mockumentary format is acceptable in either case, dry or wild, uh, but execution of the dry format is usually hit or miss. When it's too close to realism or becomes too mundane and maybe the hardships of the characters kill the comedy. On the other hand, some something mundane and wacky situations like Parkinson and Rec uh, is pretty entertaining. Uh, uh, but Or like in the situation of uh, what we do in the shadows, the mundane situation of having a frustrating roommate gets turned on its head because they're all vampires out of touch with the modern world. Uh, and I think that's true. Like Again, it's just heightening realistic moments. Mm-hmm. And when, I think, dude, when people die, you feel it. Right. You know, yeah. when the cameraman goes down, it's like that guy just died. <laughs> you know, it, it it pulled me in more than like a feature film or something. It, it had higher stakes, yeah, because it still felt it. They they made it feel real. Uh, Brittany Fuller brings up that the audience, to, it's most successful when the audience is in on the joke. Uh, she suggests, um, like, think of when a relative shares an article from The Onion on Facebook and they think it's real. Like, yeah. they don't know. Uh, and so, like, if you're watching a mockumentary and you don't know that you're watching a mockumentary, yeah. it's a very interesting thing because you could just think, like, wow, these people are crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, this is very strange, you know? Well, the opening of Documentary Now, yeah. every time makes me think I'm watching the wrong thing uh-huh. because it's totally legit. It's, like, a really good they theme and, like, real really nice graphics. And, yeah, and it's like, oh, I kind of, I'm into this, you know? And, and Helen Mirren stops up. Yeah, Mirren, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think one one thing that I think is is really really important 
uh, is you have to have really good actors. <laughs> like, yes. And I think that's one thing the documentary now does really well is they fill in a lot of these side characters. Yeah. Uh, and as somebody who likes forensic files, forensic files, yeah. my favorite are these weird chemists. You know, some guy with like some crazy looking mustache uh-huh. who's just like, well, when I brought it into the case, and I'm just like, who is that guy? You yeah. know, like yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. like his nine to five and like Sherlock what's Holmes. he like on Thanksgiving dinner? Like just the, like I just love these really interesting people. And I think it's I th- I think sometimes when people make these because they're easy to make and a lot of times you'll see something done uh, on, on a shoestring budget and the tendency is like oh I got my friend Bill who does that impersonation right. that's so funny and you bring him in and like yeah he's funny but he's not as grounded as everybody else and man he just ruined the movie like right. that that one thing and it's, it's it is it's a very it's a very kind of like tenuous tapestry of things because yeah the one thing can kind of unweave the whole it, thing I don't know why it reminds me of this but this is like just another weird thing in movies that like I've always discovered why is every newscaster and every drama terrible why is every time that it goes to the news like the next day and it's uh-huh. like I'm reporter Bob it's like why do I never believe that person yeah. ever yeah yeah <laughs> like it's I think it's only like two percent of like actor playing reporter right. in fake news right. scene in an actual drama Does hasn't April completely count? pulled me out of the movie <laughs> My favorite is when uh, in the game, the David Fincher movie, oh, yeah. they use um, oh, no, I can't remember his name, but they use oh that, that actual that guy, actual yeah. like famous newscaster, gets, very yeah. cool, yeah. Um, hacked, yeah. Uh, so what what kind of challenges does the documentary style offer for comedy? Do you think that it? We've talked about how it makes it a lot easier in some respects. Does it does it make anything harder? Do you think? Realism. Depends on the yeah. subject matter, I guess. You know, if you're talking about murder, you know, or real life issues, yeah. you know, kind of being insensitive, I guess. Because sure. you're be, you're hitting closer to home. Mm. You know, it's presenting it in a realistic way rather than you know you're watching a movie for entertainment. It's like just yeah. a different feeling. And I think I think kind of along those lines too. Um, if it's not, and I can't think of a specific example of this, so maybe it just hasn't happened. But it's a risk. I think is that. You you said earlier that it, it feels like it's like, oh, yeah, it's poking fun at like, oh, this is silly. Like, I used to be like that. That's funny. And I do think that you run the risk of hurt, like being hurtful, like making fun of people instead of that's why the Christopher Guest movies, I think, are very successful because, yeah, these are weird people who are really obsessed with a thing, mm-hmm. but it's not making fun of these people. Yeah. It's just showing you what these people are into. I was surprised there were a couple sexual orientation jokes and what we do in the shadows there were like mm-hmm. two of them and yeah I was like, and then i looked at the date i was like 2014 like still you know because <laughs> well, we, t- we talk about you know ian and i always talk about how shows in the early 2000s oh, at night yeah, like boy. i've been re-watching the oc randomly because yeah. I, I love ben mckenzie but it's just like <laughs> the the sexual orientation jokes like yeah, yeah. a dime a dozen you know friends is the worst and friends yeah. and oh, it's boy. like even, even in what we do in the shadows they dropped a couple and i was like when are we going to stop with that? Well, in Love in the <laughs> Shadows, if I'm remembering correctly, it is interesting, too, because it's the vampire saying that stuff, right? It was the werewolf to the vampire. Okay, He okay. calls him, like, Captain... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, like, yeah, who knows if it's a cultural difference thing and, like... Yeah. It is funny in, in what we do in the shadows specifically because, like, these vampires are so out of touch. Like, when Stu shows them cameras, <laughs> yeah. like, video cameras, they're like, I could see myself... The fact that they drive portraits of each other is so funny. And they uh, watch the sunsets on YouTube. <laughs> right, right, right. Ooh, and they're crying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like that's really touching and interesting to me. And also because they're so out of touch. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of their like phrasing and and mental like 
you know, their thoughts are very outdated, which is interesting. Because they're rooted in their character. That's why they keep going back to. Anytime there's a lull or anytime they're confused or anything, they just go back to who they are, what their character would do in that situation. And then after the fact, like, I think it's good if, you know, if you're an actor in one of these movies, when you're done, you know, it's like they yell cut, everyone laughs. There's kind of that tension in the room of like, okay, that was really silly. And then as an actor, like, I think if you're like, this one moment was good, I like that, the scene probably didn't go well. You know, whereas like, if you're an actor kind of walking up being like, do we get, I don't know, I was so in it. I don't even right. know what was good. And then leave it up to the directors and the producers and, you know, like people outside of it being yeah. like, no, no, I, we, I know what the magic was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the big challenges. Like you mm-hmm. talked about what's difficult is, right. you know, it's really hard to get a final script that you're OK with to make dialogue seem really natural. You always kind of want to add a little element of improv, like when you get to a set. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but at least, you know, when you're done, it's like, OK, we got to get these two lines. Now we're done with that shot. Whereas if you're just kind of making everything up, I can imagine it's really tricky to be like, should we move on? Are we good here? Do we think? Right. Like, do we get everything that's good in this one area? That makes me think, I hadn't thought of this until right now, but that makes me think about Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's kind of a mockumentary totally. of Larry David. Because sure. it's set in real real life, kind of. Oh my they God. show up with an outline, not necessarily a scene. It's just right. we have to get here, and then they just do it. There's a lot the of weird... Best joke in there, the yeah. best one. There's a lot of TV shows that are kind of riding the line. Like right. Modern Family, I guess, Modern is Family. a mockumentary. But they never really they never address the, the, camera, like, the crew. Yeah. And I think that's something actually... But uh, they do Talking Head um, interview yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's like, who knows? It's it's interesting actually how the Christopher Guest's uh, films have evolved because uh, Spinal Tap was directed by Rob Reiner. Right. Uh, who's featured very prominently in the film. And, and Marty DeBerge, I think is his name. Like He like casts himself as a different... Uh, uh, character, but right. he definitely puts himself in it a lot. Whereas, like Guffman, not so much. Like the the filmmakers are pretty outside well, of it. That was directed by Christopher Guest, right? Guffman, yeah. Uh, but it's just interesting that he didn't put himself in as a director. Didn't really cast oh, right, anybody right, right. in that role. He's playing and all the ones since. He's not... he, he, it's really been those characters that are the right. leads. Yeah, and same thing not in uh, filmmaking aspect and shadows. It. Like they don't really they don't stick out too much. They address them, but like right. we don't know them by name. Like well, and, they're and, not necessarily uh, characters. Something we're gonna get into a little later, but we can shove it in now is uh found footage kind of aspects and what we do in the shadows is a horror comedy you know and found footage um i think Brittany said this yeah uh britney fuller said that uh horror it's like the horror analog of mockumentaries found footage and like some of the crew gets killed by werewolves in this yeah. in this movie and uh the camera falls to the ground and you see like screaming <laughs> yeah and, ah! You know, so like there is an aspect of that where it's like, yeah, found footage is a documentary that didn't get to get made, I think is what they said. And like, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting kind of take on it. Yeah, it is interesting the the degree to how much the filmmaking itself is a focus. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to actually making these movies, yeah, a lot of it is made in the editing room. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, how, how... filmmaking is a focus of spinal tap and not of i don't think any of the other like there aren't any like hard like oh the camera just like hit someone like accidentally like jokes like that in in any of the other christopher guest movies um yeah the uh definitely we've talked about how it opens up all kinds of new possibilities uh are there any other favorite things that you have about mockumentaries that we haven't touched upon um, yeah, it's just weird. I, I guest is just such a uh, a magician, man. I just oh, don't yeah. know how he does it. Like he disappears, uh, and I think I I didn't I I couldn't finish. Uh, think for your consideration. I think that's, that was the the the, the, yeah, the, the bottom of the barrel. I think with with his offerings. Yeah. Um, and I think they they they've kind of fallen off. Like Love Spinal Tap, Guffman's my second favorite. 
then, you know, probably Mighty Wind. And, you know, so, like, I think he's kind of gotten more generic as he's gone on. Mm. Um, But, uh, and and there's a little bit of sameness. Like, one thing I like is he'll shake people up. That was my favorite thing about Mighty Wind, that he almost forcibly, like, separated people that had done stuff previously together. And so, like, really, you know, having, like, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara together was like, whoa, if you look at, like, Best in Show, which was right before that, that was, like, very different. Um uh, but at the same time, like when you keep working with the same actors, if you're trying to achieve this realism, it kind of takes you out of it. Going into mascots now, it's like I've seen these actors do this bit so many right, times. Right. Is that one? Like, I don't know. Oh, Netflix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never and uh, oh god, you know who's in that is uh, the um, the nerd from uh, they're all nerds, but uh, the guy, <laughs> the super nerd from um, uh, Silicon Valley, the guy who. Oh. Um, the the, the 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 serious guy, the guy who actually like runs the business, right? You know, right. Just yeah. very straight laced. Like Tom, Tom I can't Middleditch? think of Verizon guy. Yeah, Middleditch. Um, no, not the main guy. The oh. guy who uh, is like like proudly wears the jacket oh, when they get the, it, you know, and is like yeah, the, oh, doesn't like, get the joke most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love him. You know, the slicked hair guy. Yeah, uh, he um, uh, is is so perfect for that type of genre. Oh, yeah. like, I think some actors like Jane Lynch and so like some actors like definitely like you know very easily take to that. Yeah. Um, but. Um, uh, just putting it out there that he, uh, the stuff that he's done, I think is really great. I like um, Family Tree. Did you see that? That was his HBO, I think. One? I've watched a couple episodes of that, yeah. It, that one was almost more kind of touching. It was more just emotional than comedic. It's it's more soft comedy, but it's funny. It's got some good moments in it. And I just, I think you're, if you're going to bring people in, uh, I think it, the more it's apparent the homework that they did, not only about their characters and setting up the real world, because like actors love to do that. They love yeah, to yeah, just yeah. think of the backstory for years and years and years and years. But like your contribution to your craft, you know, if you're like playing a dancer or artist or something, if it's like clear you're faking it, even like in a in a funny way, like it kind of takes me out of it. Whereas I can really tell like, oh, you actually put a lot of effort into right. representing yourself, um, you know, whether it's a, a done intentionally for comedic purposes or not. That's, I respect that more, and it makes more real. That's um, something I really love about this format, uh, mockumentaries, is like, I mean, again, in, in Waiting for Guffman, it's funny because I kind of feel a different way about it. I think, like, for me, I think it probably goes best in shows is best. A Mighty Wind is, like, tied, maybe, <laughs> and then Waiting for Guffman and then Spinal Tab. Uh, but they're all just so they're different, so it's whatever. But, like, the the... I think of Parker Posey playing a Dairy Queen employee in Waiting for Guffman and just chewing that gum and talking about blizzards. Every time people talk like, about blizzard, I, I eat them back of my head. It's like, I want like a non-fat, uh-huh. low-fat, low-fat blizzard every time. It's just, yeah. in the ba- it just like, but it's just like, back there, like, <laughs> chewing away. And I grew up in the Midwest, which is not exactly the same demographic or like geographical location as that movie is set in because it's uh, Missouri. I don't remember where it is. But um, it just that feeling that person. I'm like, yep, I know that person. And it's so funny because her talking about blizzards has nothing to do with the movie, but it's a such a strong and specific character beat. Yeah, that it's so powerful, and you just get it immediately. You're like, all right, yep, that's who you are. And every character in the Christopher Guest movie is like that, where but it's it, like yeah. you immediately get it. But it doesn't feel like Parker Posey chasing the joke. Right, it feels right. like her settling they're into playing, her character. They're you playing. Know? That's I think the success is they're playing it so yeah. realistically she, that yeah, yeah, it's just she might not have thought, man, that was funny when I right. just did in the moment. 
Uh, and I think I think one of the other things too that I, upon seeing Waiting for Guffman like forty times, uh-huh. uh, the one thing that I really appreciate and the one thing that smartly Christopher Guest does is there's always like a goal. So like in uh, Spinal Tap, there's the tour that they're doing, so they got to finish the tour. Uh, yeah. In Guffman, there's the show that they're putting right. up, Best in Show. There's the the dog, the dog you know show. show. Um, so there's always like something they're building up toward that you yeah. is, is a fun end. But what's so great about Guffman is there's a lot of these funny moments in rehearsal. And if you pay attention, every single time they're rehearsing something, that's the thing. So like right. when they're doing like the stool song, there's a whole bit that has nothing to do with the stool song. But if you look at like, you know, the actors in the background doing choreography, they're doing the choreography. Right. Like when you actually see the show at yeah, the end, like yeah. that's the thing. And so that just helps so much like the, the realism and like seeing all that stuff come together. Yeah. Um, that like when they're arguing over something on the show, you got to be in the show or you see like, you know, him at the end spoilers, like where he's quirky. He's got to fill in for this like super right. hot guy. Right. So you have this like super big buff masculine dude that's going to play this role. And then like quirky, quirky. you know, quirky <laughs> comes in at the end to play him instead. And then you're imagining the other guy in this supposedly written, this really romantic scene written for him. And, this, right. you know, uh, oh God, it's on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> A penny for it's, your thoughts. Oh, one, <laughs> these movies they're, like my family, like we all just watch these to pieces, but like we quote them all the time. Like if you get anytime anyone leaves, it's like it's either like have fun storming the castle from Princess Bride right. or if you get hungry, eat something. If you get tired, pull over. <laughs> like who's going to catch a big fish? Like, you know, or we just sit naming nuts forever. You know, like best in show. We just quote it all the time. And they, they just, I don't know, I love these movies so Corky, much. we love you and we want, we you, want to you to live. live. That's one. Day of the show, I mean, just, you know, Day again, the theater, that was canon. Like, oh, the, yeah. you just said that. Oh, yeah. Um, I know there's so many of these films you haven't seen, Hubert, but I, I love it. Any of I love Hubert's it. I love, I love strolling into a film discussion, completely trouncing Huber's yeah. Like, yeah. effort. Finally. None. Finally, you skipped seen something. zero. Yeah. You yeah. maniac. I've seen watch, zero. Watch the only one this morning. <laughs> yeah. What we do in the shadows. It was you, uh, yeah, I, I think it can be it can be really easy to be like, okay, we got the theme, we got the characters, let's do it. Right. And there, I just think there's never enough homework you can do on something yeah. like this to really make everything believable. Yeah. If you have somebody in the background, if you have to bring in like a, a, a group of people for a scene, you know, where like there's a crowd and we're performing for them, like they got to be in on the joke too. Right. You know, like everybody's right. got to be on their best behavior I've, and I've constantly grounded. Always wanted to make a mockumentary. And I just haven't come up with that it's idea. Hard. And and like, it, yeah. But I mean, and this is to bring Huber into it. I mean, like you've been in mockumentaries, you know, like we do, you oh, do yeah. bits on Huber syndrome where yeah. we do bets, you know, and yeah. like, Bossman. I love that. I love like looking into another actor's eyes yeah. and just feeling that walking on the tightrope of <laughs> right. like, can we do it? Can we stay into <laughs> right. it? Can I not even smirk? You know, right. like the best Saturday Night Live sketches have some dude in the back who's like, I can't. I can't. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like in, the, in all of my favorite mockumentaries, <laughs> like they, they managed to do it. Like yeah. you can tell. And you know, man, you know, like that person's in front of the camera, especially with all those documentary now scenes. Man, in the what was the the eyes? The eye doesn't uh, lie. The eye doesn't lie. <laughs> Some of those Armistead scenes, man. When he's or... in the prison, I can just see, like, act. I can just feel the crew behind yeah, the camera, yeah, yeah. like, just like, Ooh, you know, like, just don't make a sound. <laughs> like, I gotta leave the room, man. This is too much. Uh. Uh, Dominic Barlow uh, brings up. We should talk about Borat. Oh sure. Uh, which Borat. is which is I is is it Does a documentary? I, I've seen some Borat. That's a documentary, man. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, I like uh, this is a long comment, so I'll just kind of like paraphrase. But they were bringing up that it's sort of like predates the current like YouTube like prankster dare based stuff, which I don't like. And like, what was hers? Though? Jackass. Jackass. Was, Jackass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that kind of thing where 
I think, yeah, I think that this kind of stuff is less mockumentary and more, like, prank. Like, yeah, like, shock show. Like, Jackass yeah. is a good point, where it's like, unwitting participants are totally. being made the victim. Punked. Right. They're being punked. And, and like, you Candid know. camera. It's not, I don't <laughs> like it, but, like, it well, is like, interesting. Yeah. And also, it's just, like. It's the highest grossing, if it does count as a mockumentary, it's the highest grossing mockumentary. That's Cultural phenomenon. I remember yeah. when it came out, everyone saw it. Yeah. Everyone was talking and about Bruno Borat. to a much lesser extent, but like Borna, uh, Borat, yeah, it just like, it crushed everything and yeah. everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Right place, right time. Right. And yeah, it's just a whole other animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's a documentary. <laughs> I mean, because like, yeah. I think, I think when, uh, it's Sasha I, Baron Cohen doing I, a thing. I personally yeah. enjoy Jackass just because sure. I love Jackass. Jackass is the kind of thing for me where, Jackass is like sports. It's like most of it's kind of dull, but man, when it's good, like yeah. when it hits, and when yeah. you see, so, and I, and I have so much respect for Johnny Knoxville because, like, even after he became a huge star, certainly out of the that group, other than like Steve-O, like really like elevated beyond. Yeah. Like, and now I'm doing, I'm in Men in Black too, right. and I'm, I'm doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. He still was put himself at the forefront of like, yeah, totally. the the riot shotgun to the stomach. He I'll would do always it, you know? like, do like the craziest so, ones. So that yeah. I, I like that that he's like, we're gonna shoot a rocket over that lake. Let's talk it on it, sure. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, and so I really respect. I think the boxing glove in the movies, the boxing glove through the. Did you ever see that one? I in don't hall, remember. Huh, they put a sign up that's like, "Hey, jackass! The last time you stayed in this hotel, you hooked up with my friend, and she said, well, And the writing gets smaller and smaller on the piece of paper, and so they <laughs> lean in to look at it, and there's a Boom. hydraulic boxing glove on the other side of the wall. And they get each guy in a, in succession. So they, so they prank Bam at the beginning, and Bam's like, "That's so good." And then it fades to black, fades up, and then Stevo comes in, and Bam's like, "Hey, Stevo, read the sign." And then Stevo gets hit, and then Stevo's like, "Hey, Wee Man, read the." And it's oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, yeah, getting back to Borat, like it's it, it, unlike that Jackass, where it's like we're just going to do a thousand things. Right. We'll pick the the fifty that were the funniest. Well, that's reality. TV. But there's no like theme going through right. it. Where Borat definitely has a theme. It's I mean, a it's 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 just this kind of like a this blind nationalism, you know, right. that this is kind of like saying something on camera and not realizing really what you're saying or what context right. is being placed in. And I think as far as a documentary is concerned, like that was incredibly poignant. Like there were scenes in that 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 uh, I learned more or thought were as affecting as seeing a regular documentary. Well, it's interesting too because it's kind of like it's a documentary except one person is doing a mockumentary. Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. is in a mockumentary and everyone else is in a documentary or in a re- reality TV show. And it's just it's a whole other experience. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. But even if you're a host, again, if you, even if you take the role of putting yourself into your documentary, you're hi, right. I'm this filmmaker, right. I want to make Vern this Herzog, movie because right. I have an emotional attachment to it or I'm just I've got a big ego. Um, <laughs> you are putting on a still putting on a character. Right. Like you're 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 like I'm putting myself forward. There's a way I want myself to look as a filmmaker right, in right. this. So again, it's a it's a fine line, you it know, is. between like the character he's putting on for the desired effect, I think is just amped up instead of like created versus other actual shadows to me still felt like a feature film. Right. In a way, yeah. you know, like it was, a, it, cause I've seen so many found footage horror movies, you know, right. mm. I still watched it as a, mm-hmm. a feature because they, the, every, all the characters were so well realized. They had all the lore, they had all the rules. There was a progression to it. Right. Whereas like you were saying about Borat, you know, it's a, weird situation where he's doing something else but everyone else is like not right. in on the joke when well, i think borat feels more reality tv than mockumentary yeah. mockumentaries feel like movies mm-hmm. to me at least yeah like and definitely and i mean you the, you see it a lot in documentary now where they're like evoking specific different shooting styles like the eye yes. doesn't lie looks very much <laughs> like 
you're like they're talking into the Interatron. Like that is the thin blue line, you know, or whatever. But like, uh, yeah, and Sandy Passage is like shot real crappy because it like looks like you know not crappy, but like, yeah. And I think yeah, production value has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think you. I think it's very easy to get good actors, good concept, not have the production value to match the thing you're right, parroting, and right. then it just it all kind of falls apart, unfortunately. It, that's the thing. Mockumentaries require a lot of discipline, I think. Is that Oh yeah. Cuz you go in thinking like, "Hey, it'll be super easy. Let's throw together a mockumentary." Haha. Like we don't even have to light it. And it's like yeah, it's harder. Like you've got to be very specific with many different things. Anytime you're pulling resources from one part of a production, you're lumping it onto something else. Right. And basically the that the your your the homework, like the pre-preparation right. Right. thematically going into it right. now triples. And you have to just know, like, you can't, as an actor, I can't throw to a director and have them be like, well, I don't know. I got to know, like, nope, that's out of character. Like, right. no, that wouldn't work. Right. I have to be able to wrangle the, the, the craziness. When right. he bites the girl's neck in the beginning and it sprays everywhere. Yeah. And he's like, hits the artery. But then they double down on it for, like, a second when they open the door, like, 10, 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. later. And he's in the back of the room, like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you're talking about discipline. It's like, they could have easily overdone this or done it again you know mm-hmm. like it's just one in, or like they set it up and then they like have the quick little payoff with the other one right i love yeah when he's putting down newspapers like asking her <laughs> questions and he's like all right <laughs> well it's really funny too because that move that moment is like because they seem like normal people and you don't think that they'd be capable of being vampires and killing people yeah, and then it's just right. like oh no wait yeah they're they're also just Vampires, and I, I love that what we do in the shadows goes there. Like it doesn't shy away mm-hmm. from just like brutal violence. Yeah, like <laughs> like near the end, he has a line about like some people say we have no feeling in our heart. He's like, but I I think there's a little something there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need to be scared of them a little bit, right? Just a little bit, and I right. think they do that well enough. Yeah, um, that they do. Yeah, when they stalk people, and it's it's, a, it's a, it can be an unsettling movie at parts, and so it's, like on it's the that street, balance, the yeah. woman is like. Right. Eating her Eating ex or something. I really like, liked uh, the two little girls who were made vampires as kids and they stalked dude, perverts. that one scene where she like chokes yeah, and yeah, yeah. bounce on Well, her. and then it's like these little girls, but they're like 200 years old. And yeah. like Jermaine Clement's like getting some perverts tonight. Yeah, like, uh-huh, great yeah. <laughs> It's just like everyone's doing it. Also, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Wonderful movie. But uh, yeah, oh man, what we do in the shadows is so good. I can't believe they're doing a sequel that like made my yeah mind. oh yeah it's I'm it's, ready for more I'm excited. <laughs> Basically for next for next month um, we're probably gonna do Christmas movies. We couldn't think of a mockumentary that specifically addressed Christmas, uh, but I mean just watch any of the Christopher Guest ones. This is Spinal Tap. Watch any documentary now, um, and we'll come in fresh. Die Hard. Die Hard. We're going to talk about Die Hard next month. <laughs> uh, Christmas movies. Die Hard, baby. Favorite uh, action movie of all time. Oh, yeah. Because I don't, I don't count Aliens is as really three... an action movie. Yeah, it's like... Know, it's Shame tough. on you. Shame on you. <laughs> aliens aliens three, is an most, action movie. It's most certainly an action film. Yeah. Like, Alien is a suspense, sci-fi, yeah. horror, sure. thriller, perfect, like perfect f- film. action scenes, though. What? You got to control. Two and a half hour movie. Game the, over, the, man. The, the flying down to the planet is an action scene, yeah, man. Landing that thing. You're right. You're right you're somebody right. wake up. They, they land right. a jet it's and a tank rolls out of it, and that's not an action sequence. You're yeah. out of control. <laughs> so, yeah. for uh, We'll do Christmas right. next month, and then we'll do probably action can movies. We, I don't like <laughs> genres. Can we talk about American Vandal just for a hot second? Oh, I, right. I, I, kind, I, of alu- I kind of alluded to it, yeah. but we never really got into it. And uh, I had a lot of people recommend it. And I saw the trailer and was like, I don't know if I really want to invest in that. 
It's eight episodes. Sure. So it's longer. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. about half an hour each. So it's longer than your average uh, movie. Um, yeah, movie. And so they, they really invest in it. And when I first when I watched the first episode, I was like, boy, this for like eight episodes. And it, um, I think it might go a little bit too far in trying to actually make like a poignant story. But when it ends, uh-huh. it, 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 it distances itself from the comedy pretty far like it always is kind of returning to that like it's about a you know a supposedly someone who spray painted a, a bunch of dicks on a yeah. um i say dicks because that's what that's the word they use over yeah, and over yeah, and over yeah. and over again um but uh i mean that's definitely uh a lot of the humor there comes from the seriousness any of the admin the, the administration of the school like they're all dead serious uh and so it's 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 funny how if you just add, you take something like making a murder, not make it a murder, make it penises, right? And then just have that be the gag running like through the whole thing. Vehicles, yeah. And I think I think that's one of the things that you like. We're talking about the difficulties of of producing one of these films, but I think one of the things, obviously, that you get that's hard to get in a comedy is there's a gag going the whole time. Like right. if you do it right, like you're you're always kind of chuckling through the right. whole film. Yeah. You know, you're like there's always something laced with silliness, and it's really interesting, kind of like doing like the. Um, not like the Muppet Babies, but just basically taking like like the whole This American Life attitude and just like taking like 20 years off of it and putting all these kids in like, you know, junior high, high school, uh-huh. but then approach it with the same amount of seriousness um, to even to the point where you can see kind of behind the scenes and them them doing stuff. So where you can add. I remember the one line in the trailer that jumped out is he just like like one of the, the lead documentarians dead serious is like, you know. I just don't think ball hair is going to get us there. I think we need more. You know, like, <laughs> so it's just like that, you know, uh, how serious they'll specifically talk about. Like, see, your ball hairs are different than these ball hairs. But um, it's amazing how uh, uh, dynamite the cast is. Like, how really, really great those kids are, especially the lead. Uh-huh. How he just rides that line of, you know, almost laughing, almost make, just making a caricature and not actually making an interesting character. Um, and there are definite points in that film where they completely take the gloves off and they're like, this is still funny. This is still the subject matter is still funny, but like, this is pretty real right here. Right, you know, this right. is like, you know, the, whether we're talking about relationships, the, you know, the two leads have like been dating forever since they've been kids. And so they got a lot of baggage and uh, it's really, really interesting how they, how, how easy they are uh, to adjust tonally. And what really messes with your brain is I haven't done my research on it, but you, uh, you get the vibe that it's kind of like a broken lizard kind of a thing. The guys uh. who did super troopers where, um, uh, they uh, these these people have been around for a while. The, the, this is not the first rodeo of this cast, right? Maybe maybe like some of the adults brought in you know, after the fact, but definitely the leads. Like these kids have worked together before, and what's super trippy is they show like old footage. Like they're like, oh yeah, we've been making stupid stupid YouTube videos forever, and they show them as kids making stupid YouTube videos. And so you're uh, like, wait, what? Like, yeah, did yeah. you do some crazy Kurt Russell Guardians two CG to make this work, right. or like? And like showing pictures of them at prom in high school and like it's them. And so yeah. like that, that was really interesting and effective because that's so tough. Even in like, I, I, I hate that moment in like a really good drama that you're so into. And it's like, here's a picture of me in the war and the Photoshop's like, oh, God, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. no, why'd you yep. do it? Yeah. Why'd you do it? Um, and so for, for it to be grounded in that way. And especially how the whole thing wraps up. Like if you're if you're, you're like oh I got into it but I didn't finish it. Like finish wrap it. it up. You know. Like uh, I thought it was uh, fascinating. Kind of what they touched on. Cool. Uh, near the end of that. And, and and when it first started, like the the specifically the opening credits are like a direct parody of Making a Murder. It's like oh, the okay. same like long drum, like yeah, the yeah, violin yeah, yeah, yeah. and like black and white and the train tracks and like. But uh, and so it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth when I first started it because I'm like, I mean, again, that guy's in jail right now. This is a very yeah. unfortunate story. Spoiler. I would love to get to the bottom of of what happened to this guy, um, but. Uh, 
uh, by the end of it, I was just, it's just very truthful and, and, uh, they worked really hard. I'm, it's, and it's all kids too. I'm just like, how, who, you know, what, uh, what showrunners came in and steered this or did they right. just kind of let these kids, you know, do the whole thing? Um, cause it's very, very well done and it's a, a tough thing. That balance is very hard between drama and comedy. There's another Fred Armisen, uh, Portlandia, you know, uh, but they do, a, they do a, a bit where it's a band that makes songs for title sequences and they actually like got the license to play like the True Blood theme, the Justified theme, the True Detective theme, you know. Nice. And it's pretty funny because it's all like, oh, we got a twang guitar, we got some violins, you know. And there's one part where he's like, you know, they came to us and they were like, we need an 11 second song, and we were like, okay. And then it cuts to them like as a band on stage playing the Breaking Bad theme song. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, anyway, check that out. All right, well, thanks, guys. Watch Die Hard. Watch all the Christopher Guest stuff. Just watch everything. Watch it all. Great. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Maverick. Vacation, of course. You can't. For sure. You can't go through December without. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maverick's not Christmas. I just like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna do off like not Christmas Christmas movies. If you ever watch just... It's a Wonderful Life, right? It's cliche. Whatever. Check it out though. Brings Check me it out. to tears every time. We're not gonna talk about it. Jimmy Stewart. My mouth's bleeding. Burn. I'll bring it up. Yeah, the movie's incredible. Oh, your money's in Fred's house and Jake's house. Oh. Yeah, it's a good one. Anyway, Home Alone. Home Alone counts. Turtle yeah. Doves. Home Alone. All right. Christmas Story. That movie makes me really depressed. I don't think I've seen it. It's depressing. I haven't seen that one. It's a little blonde kid, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you might not like it later in life. Like, I like it because I've I've seen it five billion yeah. times. Yeah, I watched it when I was a kid, and I was just like, so. I don't like this. Yeah. It makes me sad. There's some mean kids in that. Yeah, the um, snowman makes me sad. Oh boy, yeah. Which which is it? It's meant to. What's his name? I don't know. The children, the cartoon, the snowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about. What Charlie Brown? No, no, no. No, The snowman. It's called the snowman. It's called the snowman. Oh, it's the 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 Rudolph stop motion shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the snowman's name? Frosty. Frosty. The Frosty. Damn it! Frosty. I thought you were talking about the snowman. It's like that Michael Keaton movie. No. Oh my you know God. what I'm talking about. I Frosty the snowman. About. You're the man. I'm the snowman. You wrecked me as a yeah. kid. Yeah. All right. The wheels <laughs> have fallen there? off the car. See you next <laughs> month. Bye. <laughs>